Hello, this is Pastor Kong Hee. I want to thank you for joining us on our podcast. I pray that you'll be blessed in Christ, encouraged by the Word, and experience an encounter with God. Remember, knowing God and being known by Him is the greatest pursuit of life. Enjoy the message. The antithesis of evangelicalism is liberal theology. This is unbiblical, dangerous, and will shipwreck our faith. Because this doctrine is so destructive, it warrants a longer post, as I want to exhort us to be vigilant and watchful, and not allow liberal theology to make inroads into our lives, churches, and cell groups. Friedrich Schulemacher, a brilliant German philosopher, is widely recognized as the father of modern liberal theology. During his university years, he lost his faith in God and his word. So one winter, Shulamaka wrote a letter to his parents. I can't believe that he who called himself the son of man was the true eternal God. I cannot believe that his death was a vicarious atonement. This spirit of unbelief very much sums up the tenet of liberal theology. Liberal theology has eight distinctives. Number one, in liberal theology, the Bible is not inspired, infallible, and inerrant. To them, the Bible should not be treated as a divine authority because it was written by humans living in unenlightened times. They say the Bible is filled with errors, contradictions, and inconsistencies. Since it was given to ignorant and superstitious people in ancient days, its commandments must not be taken too seriously. Reading it literally prevents humanity from rising to a higher level. To them, the Bible stands concerning issues such as war, women's rights, um, marriage and divorce, gender and sexuality, racial equality, sex education, science, abortion, corporal punishment of children, and other subjects are not only outdated, they are downright harmful. Because the Bible is not considered as divinely inspired by God, liberal theology has enticed many Christians into questioning or rejecting the most basic Christian doctrines. Number two, in liberal theology, the Bible is not meant to be read literally. It is filled with many scientific inaccuracies and false statements. For example, books like Genesis, the four Gospels, and, and the book of Acts and Revelation cannot be scientifically proven. Liberal theologians seek to reconcile Christianity with science and modern philosophy with the hope of saving Christianity from irrelevance. Shulamaka himself argued that many core doctrines of the Bible must be rejected so that Christianity can stay current. A favorite argument of Shulamaka was that the words of the Bible cannot be read or understood in the same way as we understand them today. He and others like him claim to be privy to some knowledge that's unavailable to most Christians or Bible commentaries today. They claim a superior historical contextual approach to biblical interpretation. So they like using phrases like, this was not how first century Jews thought. This was not what Jesus, Paul, and other New Testament writers meant metaphorically. In liberal theology, the stories of the Bible are just ex existential truths. 
to help us become better people. It is about the moral conflict between good and evil, teaching us to reject social injustices such as materialism, imperialism, and the exploitation of the poor. Ultimately, the gospel is to bring about social reforms to help us build a fair and just world. Number three, in liberal theology, there are no supernatural miracles. Miracles like the creation, incarnation, the virgin birth, and the resurrection of Christ are all myths. Moses didn't literally uh, lead the Israelites across the Red Sea. Jesus didn't heal the sick, raise the dead, or walk on water. Jesus was merely a man. He was at best a moralist who came to spread a message of love and nonviolence, peace and tolerance, gender and racial inclusiveness. And at worst, he was a deluded fanatic with a messianic complex. The heart of liberal theology is really unbelief. For us evangelical Pentecostals, miracles in the Bible were not only real, they are still happening today. Number four, in liberal theology, hell is not real. There is neither eternal punishment nor reward in the afterlife. And because hell is not real, there is no judgment for sin. Now, closely linked to this is number five. In liberal theology, the gospel is not about personal salvation from the condemnation of sin. Jesus didn't die on the cross as our penal substitute to make atonement for our sins. Liberal theology plays down on total depravity, original sin, and our need for forgiveness and reconciliation to God. As such, the death of Jesus has no special atoning value, except to show us a better way of living by turning the other cheek or going the extra mile and taking up our own cross. Jesus didn't die on behalf of sinners. His suffering was just a demonstration of love to inspire a change in us, moving us towards becoming more moral people. Nothing objective was accomplished on the cross. His life and death simply show us how to treat our enemies and make the world a better place. We are not instantly born again when we put our faith in the finished work of Christ. There is no imputation of righteousness when we believe in Christ. The Bible is not about our personal salvation. Number six, in liberal theology, there are no end-time predictive prophecies. It favors a realized eschatology. All apocalyptic texts are not literal but metaphorical. There is no antichrist, no false prophet, no battle of Armageddon, no rapture, no pre-millennial return of Jesus to defeat Satan and his evil forces. Jesus will not be setting his 1,000-year rule on earth. We are already living in a symbolic millennium with Jesus reigning as Lord and King from heaven. Satan is already bound today. The world is getting better and brighter and more glorious. Ultimately, the church will Christianize the whole world and establish God's kingdom on earth. Here in City Harvest Church and THN, we adamantly reject the doctrine of preterism, which was first formulated in 1614 to counter the Protestant Reformation. Preterism interprets the prophecies of Revelation as events which have already been fulfilled by AD 70. Preterism 
was never the teaching of the Bible or the belief of the early church. Liberal theology also rubbishes biblical prophecies. They describe them as vaticinium ex eventu, which in Latin means prophecies after the event. In other words, to them, Bible predictions aren't really predictions. They were events that have already happened in history and then written in the Bible in a misleading way to make them appear as if they have yet to take place. Because since the Bible is not a divinely inspired book, there are no supernatural predictive prophecies. Number seven, in liberal theology, truth is relative. The most important thing in life is to love your neighbor. It introduces the idea of situation ethics to the world. It teaches that since there are no moral absolutes, our morality is subject to our circumstances. In every situation, the most important thing to do is love. In some situations, adultery could be the most moral thing to do. In other situations, abortion or assisted suicide could be the most moral thing to do. No law or command in the Bible can tell you what is right or wrong. As long as you do it out of love, it is a morally right thing for you to do. We reject this. The Bible says God is love. So only God can determine what love really is. We cannot define love on our own terms. While we must do what love demands in every situation, real Christian ethics require us to always do what the God of love demands. Now, what we think is the most loving response. And the only certain source for defining love is the Word of God. Paul says that love is the fulfillment of the law. If we love God and people correctly, we will obey the ethics revealed in Scripture. We are never to love at the expense of truth. Finally, number eight, in liberal theology, the gospel is social in nature. It is all about seeking to do good to our fellow men, being inclusive of all, and fighting for social justice. Justification is not about reconciliation between God and man, but about human and human inclusivity. The gospel is not about our relationship with God, but our relationship with one another. To us, this is another departure from sound doctrine. You know, the NIV study Bible defines the gospel as the good news that Jesus, the Messianic King, has come to establish God's kingdom on earth and forgive sinful people through his own substitutionary life, death, and resurrection, thereby qualifying them to inherit God's kingdom if they would turn from their sin and rely on him to save them. Jesus' attention was not merely on social injustices. His focus was really on the real cause of human sufferings, their captivity to sin. This is why he needed to make atonement through his death on the cross. Jesus wanted to set us free from the power of sin and death and reconcile us back to God. Only from within a transformed spiritual life can we impact the natural world around us? Liberal theology puts the cart before the horse. It addresses social concerns, but leaves the deepest spiritual need of the sinner unmet. It is another gospel, 
a false gospel. In this sense, liberal theology promotes a form of salvation by works. For these eight reasons, we must be vigilant and guard against liberal theology. It weakens our spirituality and relationship with God. It confuses our basic understanding of the gospel. It also douses all motivation for soul winning, evangelism, and missions. We must not allow liberal theology in any way, shape, form, or fashion to make inroads into our churches and cell groups. God bless.